Oh, yes. Resurrection. His resurrection. My resurrection. Right? Do you guys know that we are identified with him throughout his entire existence? Even from his advent to his death, to his burial, to his resurrection, and thank God, even in his ascension. So that means today we're celebrating resurrection. His resurrection is my resurrection. Say that with me. His resurrection is my resurrection. All right, now, Holy Spirit, I want you to breathe on those words and into every heart in this room, and we're all going to say it again. His resurrection is my resurrection. All right, you feel that? Something should be shifting inside. Because I believe the day of trying to get to God or to do something has got to come to an end. It's got to come to an end. There is a reality, a supernatural reality, that his resurrection is my resurrection. And if I don't start living and thinking in that mindset, I'm going to miss out on this thing called abundant life. How many of you would say, I live an abundant life all the time? Right? No, I don't either. But I find that even in the middle of when life is not so abundant in the natural and in the circumstances around me, it doesn't change the fact that abundant life still resides in him. And all I have to do is go to heaven for a minute. You know how to do that? Anybody here know how to go to heaven for a minute? Do this. Just shut everything else out. Yeah. You feel that? Some of you aren't used to it yet. It may take you a little bit. I can go to heaven that quick. Because he's opened up, according to Hebrews, a new and living way. And it's no longer through sacrifice, through striving. It's through rest. That's why Hebrews also says that's why they can't enter. Because of apathy and disobedience and unbelief. Really, the twin sins that keep us away from going to heaven. Disobedience and unbelief. Oh, God, help us. His resurrection is my resurrection. So, here's what we're going to do today. Anybody need a little resurrection life infused into you? Yeah? How about a little abundant life? You ready for some of that? Good. Really? You ready for it? Okay, because we're going to talk about it for a minute, but then we're going to do it. Because I don't want to just talk about resurrection life on Resurrection Sunday and have you walk out the door and go, hey, that was kind of cool. I want us all to have an encounter with a living God. That's what I'm looking for. So let's talk about it for a minute, and then we're going to go there, okay? Turn to Matthew chapter 28. I believe God's going to resurrect a bunch of areas in our life today. Places that are dead. Places that just seem lifeless. I believe God's going to bring resurrection life to, to you, to everyone around. <clears throat> um, Bill Johnson talks about hope an awful lot. And he defines hope like this. He says, biblical hope is the joyful expectation of good. Right? The joyful expectation of good. That's what real hope looks like. Hope is not like the earthly hope, which is a hoping that something bad will go away. 
right? Or something uncomfortable will leave. That's earthly hope. Biblical, heavenly hope is a hope that has this joyful expectation that something good is right about to happen. He defines it like, how many here have kids? Right? Do you remember around Christmas time what happens when your kids come down, whether it's Christmas Eve and you do your gifts or it's Christmas morning? You know what happens with the kids, right? What do they do? They freak out, right? They get all excited. That right there is a really, really good picture of hope. In other words, I know something really, really good is about to happen here. Come on, does this feel good? That's biblical hope. That's the kind of hope that needs to be restored into our humanity. Not the kind of hope that just wishes and hopes that things that are difficult and uncomfortable would go away. We need that biblical hope to come back. Any area of our life for which we do not have hope is under the influence of a lie. Think about that. Any area of our life for which we do not have hope is under the influence of a lie. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute because we're, we're activating this today. This is not just some sermon message here. Any area of life that is not under the influence of hope is under the influence of a lie. So think for a minute. Just close your eyes and think about any kind of place, any place in your life which is not living in hope. The hope that we just defined. It could be finances. It could be relationships. It could be a job situation. Okay. I'm going to ask you to do this. Say, Holy Spirit. Close your eyes. Holy Spirit. Show me what the lie is. Now listen to him. This is not just an exercise. Listen, show me what the lie is. And recognize and just say, that went to the cross with you. Whatever that thought is, just say, that went to the cross with you. So it's dead and it's buried. Now, as if that wasn't good enough, you rose from the dead. So, now say, Holy Spirit, show me what the truth is. If you're having a hard time with this, it's probably the exact opposite of the lie. Now just say, I'll take that truth. Now, let's go a step further, because there's gifts that we haven't unpacked yet. Take it a step further now and say, God, excuse me, God, what do I get that's new? Come on, do it again. God, what do I get that's new? What gifts do I get? All right, you getting a picture of it? Good. Some of you need to write that down, whatever that is, so you don't forget it. All right. That feel good? I just took you through a tiny bit of inner healing stuff right there. I don't know if I did it exactly right, but it's good stuff, right, Dave? It's good stuff. I had an encounter with God on Monday. 
excuse me, I had an encounter with God on Monday that really like messed me up in a good way. And this encounter brought me to this revelation that I cannot be any closer to him and he cannot be any closer to me. It's changing the way I think when I pray. You know those internal prayers you have where you're not saying them out loud? It's changing the way I think. It's changing my perception of how I even think about him. Because in past, I've tended to think a little bit about him kind of over somewhere else. And when I'm praying, I'm trying to communicate with him. Is this making sense? But the reality is, I can't be any more in him and he can't be any more in me. Come on, this has got to be good news for you. It's a lie from the enemy to think that I've got to go find him or that he's waiting for me to do something in order to draw near to me. There's just That's the reality of it. That's not positional speaking. That is actual speaking. So it makes it a whole lot easier when I'm communicating with the Father. Is this making sense? It should. It should change the way we approach our entire life in Christianity. That it's just simply, I'm talking with you like I'm talking to me. Now what I want is to get so used to this that my conversation with other people is not me giving advice, it's not me giving good input, it's not me even talking about the Bible or even talking about the kingdom, but what comes out of my mouth is a force because it's the very word of God. I'm going to offend you a little bit here. I want it to be so strong inside of me, my communication with the Father, knowing that we are one, that whenever I speak, I can say, Lord, let my will be done. Hello? Why? Because it's so lined up with His that they're no longer separated. Lord, let my will be done. Come on. That's awesome, isn't it? But that's the kind of thinking that's been happening in me this last week where it's been shifting. So I'm saying that all to you this morning to give you a testimony. We've been doing that the last three weeks, right? Testimonies. I got healed last week too. I did. It was was miraculous. It was miraculous. I'll tell you the story. I was sitting in that office back there with Andy and Danielle on Tuesday. We're just doing some office work. And we get up off the couch. I get up to go to lunch. And all of a sudden my back just goes bonkers. It hurt so bad I couldn't get in the car. I was lifting my legs to get in the car. I was like, I am an old man. What is wrong with me? But you, have you ever had that kind of pain where it like, it's like somebody's stabbing you every time you move? Well, it was that kind of pain. It was so intense. I couldn't move. I mean, I could walk, but it was like, you know, this kind of thing. So because of what happened on Monday, Monday I heard the Lord speaking to me. Just get into that OSSM kids. Get in there. Get into that group in there where those kids are. Yeah. They're kids. I know you're kids because you've become as a child and now you're finding the kingdom. So I walk in there and I say, okay, guys, we got to get this thing. Let's pray. So everybody jumps up and they start praying. And it went on for what? Maybe eight minutes or so? I don't know. Something like that. I couldn't, I couldn't even bend over, even slightly. I was so... Stabbing pain was just incredibly intense. It was an eight. It was an eight out of ten. It was a ten when I would move. Yeah, it didn't feel very good. But they started praying, and I'm going, okay, let's try this out. Let's keep moving, and nothing really happened. So we just kept praying. We kept praying. Kept believing. Now this thing's going to go away. And within five to eight minutes, that stabbing pain was gone. Absolutely gone. So what am I saying that to you for? Anybody in here got back pain? 
Let's see your hand. Anybody in here got back pain? All right, hold your hand up. Now, everybody sitting next to you right now, just put your hand on them. And just, you don't have to pray long prayers. You just simply decree right now, in the name of Jesus, the back pain leave. Leave. Back pain go away. All right? Back pain leave. Because what do we know? We know Jesus takes away back pain. Back pain leave. (laughs) Heaven invade right now on all the pain leave. All right, now, I know you're sitting down, but can you feel anything different? Does anybody feel anything different? A little bit, you do? Hallelujah, that's awesome. Yep. It's gone now. Come on, come on, that's good. Come on. Guys, we cannot separate this resurrection power from these kinds of things. This is that ongoing way of living. See what the testimony does? The testimony brings something so that you have an expectation that, hey, I might be able to get in on that. You ever hear something happen to somebody, a friend of yours, and it's like, man, they, something really awesome happened, and you just want to get in on it with them? Right? It's exactly the same thing. This is our story. This is the resurrection power flowing through us. That when we understand we're so connected with him, he's so connected with us, the resurrection power starts coming out of our mouth and people are attracted to it. And they're going, well, I want some of that stuff right there. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of healing. I want to be a part of abundant life. I had you turn to Matthew 28, didn't I? All right, let's take a look at this. Matthew 28, verse 1. We're all familiar with this story, but I want to point out a few things here. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Like, no biggie. Why is that important? Why are things like that important in Scripture? Why did he sit on it? Because he was tired? Now, I don't know if it's a stretch here. You guys go study this, look at it yourself. But I believe the reason why he sat on it is because it's a picture of what God wants to do. He wants to look at every obstacle that stands in the way of you and life, and he wants to move it out of the way and sit on it. Is that fair? Yeah, no biggie. I got this. I believe that, that the throne of God really is. When it comes to our life and a living an abundant life, the throne of God is established on top of the very obstacle to your miracle. He's sitting on it. Verse 3, his countenance was like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. Remember when that happened last time? There was another time when there was like lightning and white as snow stuff happening with Jesus. Do you remember it? It was all around Jesus, the Mount of Transfiguration, right? What was he doing? He was modeling in that moment right there what it looks like for a human being to access the glory of God. Did you know that? That's that's part of the purpose of the Mount of Transfiguration, to show and to reveal that us, even in our humanity, because he was fully man, right? This is pre-death, burial, resurrection. He's fully man, but he begins to glow and he begins to shine. Why? Because he's revealing that we, as believers, have access to that kind of glory getting revealed. Again, this is part of that oneness, that I'm so connected with him, he's so connected with me. I believe part of the reason why he rolled away this stone... Is not so Jesus could get out. 
It's so that we could see in. He, we already see him after resurrection walking through walls, right? I don't think walking through a stone would be a difficult thing for him. Part of the reason why this thing's rolled away is not so God can get out. It's so that we could see in. We need to be able to see these things. We need to be able to see them and go, yep, that's God right there. As if it wasn't enough to see the angel of the Lord coming and sitting, moving a stone away and then just sitting on it going, yeah, no biggie. Jesus gave us a message that is resurrection power of God. It is the resurrection power of God and it's available to every person, period. Period. The, the resurrection power of God is not available to a select few. It's, a, it's available to everyone. Period. Can we settle that? That it's available to everyone, period. How many in here say, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ? Come on, hold your hand up. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Good, about four of you. We're going to get you saved before we're done here. Okay. Did you know this resurrection power is available to you now? Period. It's available to you. I believe what God is looking for is a group of people who will simply come into agreement with that reality, begin to access it, and then walk in it. We, a group of people that can settle this, that everything has been open to me. Even those obstacles in my own life that I keep tripping over, he's removed the stone so we can look in and say, hey, there's nothing really there anymore. Right? And he's sitting on the top of it. It's really interesting. I'm not going to make you turn there for the sake of time. In Mark, in Mark's gospel, when we see the resurrection happen in Mark chapter 16, we see some really gross unbelief happening. We see what is, it's demonstrated right there, the obstacle that we're always facing in our life that keeps us from walking in resurrection power, and it's this thing of unbelief. You see it where Mary goes to the tomb, sees it, runs and tells a couple of guys, and the two guys go, I don't believe you. Then Jesus walks on the road with them for a while, and they're like, oh my gosh, we didn't know who he was. But then all of a sudden, they knew who he was. Then they go tell nine other people, and those nine are going, I don't believe you. And then Jesus comes on the scene in Mark chapter 16, and he rebukes them for their unbelief. Now, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Wouldn't you not believe? I mean, you saw him dead. You saw him put in a tomb. Wouldn't you not believe that if you saw that happen? But yet, somebody's coming and telling you the opposite and saying, no, he's not gone. He's risen. He's alive. Jesus comes on the scene and rebukes him for that. That just is is kind of ironic to me. But what that tells me is that when it comes to this thing of testimony, which you just heard even about my back, right? Even about this encounter with God that I'm having. How many want encounters with God? Okay. What that tells me then, Jesus rebuked them. It means then at some level, God is requiring us to believe in another person's experience. Now, there's a danger in that because not everybody's experience is accurate, right? But yet this is that divine tension we live in. In other words, what is important to you about finding breakthrough and resurrection power in in your life right now? God may have given it to somebody else, and when you listen to their story, you get access to it. This is why testimony is so important. Are you guys still with me? This is why testimony is so important. If we relegate the testimony of one individual to, oh, well, that happened to them, or that's good for them, then we're missing out on what's offered inside of it. Because here's the deal. When testimony comes to you, inside of it is life. If we'll listen for it. Well, what if they're not telling the story accurately? Or what if they're telling it wrong? It doesn't matter. Listen for life. Hello? Grab a hold of what's life-giving inside of it. 
That's what's intended for us. The, the example of this is found in John chapter 6. Are you guys still with me here? The example of this is found in John chapter 6. Do you remember when Jesus, he's standing up and he's talking to the crowds, thousands of people, and he's saying, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you don't have any part of me. What? We're introducing cannibalism into this now? You remember the story, right? And you remember hundreds and hundreds of people left and said, I can't have anything to do with that anymore. And he even asked his own disciples, do you want to leave? You guys know, we've referred to this before, Peter's response said, where are we going to go? You alone have the words of life. In other words, Peter's saying, this is the Andrew Lamb translation of that scripture, it's Peter saying, I have no idea what the heck you're talking about. All I know is whenever you talk, something happens inside of me and I feel better. And he goes on to say, it's because the words that I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. The testimony is important. The testimony is critically important that we grab hold of what anybody is sharing with us. And we say, I'll take that. Back in November, I've told you the story before, but for the sake of those who haven't been here, um, we were in Texas visiting my dad's church. And uh, we were just letting God do what he wants to do. And God began to bring, like, word of knowledge about talking about stuff. And I spoke to something. I I said, I I think there's a pain going on in somebody's side right here. And I say that, and I look around, and nobody's responding. Does anybody have a pain in their side? I'm asking. Nobody's responding. Nobody's saying anything. Of course, me inside, I'm getting a little nervous. I'm going, oh, boy. I missed it. And then somebody says, no, I've got it, but it's right here. It wasn't right there. It was right here. What were they doing? They were claiming it because what was happening? There's spirit and there's life on it. And what they were saying is, I'm attaching myself to that. I'm not going to attach myself to the... It's not quite perfect yet. I need the exact perfect... You guys know what I'm talking about? Listen, if you're waiting for the word of God to come to you in some perfect form, you're probably going to miss it. Because it's coming to you to the degree you can't understand it if you just lean in and go, the words that he speaks, their spirit and their life. I'm not looking for this exact phrase right here. What I'm looking for is something that I can attach myself to because it's got life in it. Hello? We don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss breakthrough in my life simply because somebody's testimony or somebody's word that they bring just doesn't line up with my theology. Hello? I've seen theology keep a lot of people out of heaven. I've seen more of it send people into hell. And you know what I mean by that? People coming up with theologies that cause them to live in a place of lifelessness and separation. When really, good theology brings life. That's what it brings life. My dad and I had this conversation a few weeks ago that we were talking about theology. And it was pretty strong stuff. My dad and I don't always agree on a lot of things. Well... Most of it we do. But there's a few things we don't agree on when it comes to theology. And I said, Dad, it's really important, though, that in all of this stuff, that any theology we have, we build it out of being madly in love with Jesus. Because people who have a theology who aren't madly in love with Jesus are really causing some trouble. You hear what I'm saying, right? So sometimes our experience and our breakthrough comes by listening to the person who's around us. Turn over to uh, John chapter 11 real quick. 
That kid, oh yeah, I didn't tell the rest of the story. Yeah, for those of you who haven't. She said, okay, the pain's not right here, the pain's back here. And so we began to pray for it right there. And I didn't know what was going on, but afterwards when we were done, she came up and she said, I've got um, stage three kidney failure. I just went to the doctor last month and they told me I've got stage three kidney failure. And so we prayed for her right there. And I said, I believe you're going to get totally healed of this. She goes, I am too. I believe I'm totally healed of this. She goes, I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. So she goes to her doctor's appointment on Monday. The next day, I'm not even thinking about it at that point. We take off my family. We take off all of my older siblings. We take off, go out to dinner. We're having a great time in the car, going to dinner. And all of a sudden, I get a call from my mom. And she says, hey, Marge, a lady, you know? I knew who it was. And I said, yeah. She just came back from her doctor. She's totally healed. She's totally healed. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Wait, that doesn't happen anymore. I'm sorry, it does. And if you don't believe me, there's doctor's proof of it. I went to her house on Wednesday to talk to her. And she said, you want to see these doctor reports? And I said, you better know I do. So she showed me the first one. And where it was saying stage three kidney failure and give all the medications and everything. Then she goes, no, look at this one. And it was no failure. With the words written, this is highly unusual for someone of your age. <laughs> Come on, that's the good stuff, right? What? Yes, we're highly unusual people, and I'm really okay with that. I think sometimes, you ever guys ever think like this? Like you start getting amped up on the things of God and you're just really like, whoa, this is awesome. The miraculous signs and wonders and all these good things that God does. And it's like totally outside the box for normal. Here's the thing though. I'm starting to believe that this really is normal. That everything else is abnormal. The, the Christianity that takes supernatural wonders, signs, wonders, miracles, and all this crazy kind of stuff that really polarizes people, that really is normal Christianity. How do I know that? Because I see it throughout the Gospels. I see it. Jesus is constantly going into places and polarizing the situation. He didn't come to make nice. He even says that. No, I came, I brought a sword. I'm dividing families here. That's what I'm doing. I want to put mom against father. I want to do all that kind of stuff. I'm trying to show you this whole way the way you think right here, it doesn't, it's not reality. I'm bringing something completely different. That's the normal Christianity. That's the kind of thing I want to be a part of. So I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm thinking, man, I'm having encounters with my family, you know, extended family and stuff. And there's this tension sometimes when I come into meeting with my family, family members, both sides of the family. It's like, man, I don't know. Do I? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, man, I, I got to live with these people here. What, you know, do I bring it? Do I hide back a little bit? Do I, you know, it's like, you know, here's what I'm determining. Because I'm really finding this connection with the Father where he's in me, I'm in him, and I can't get any closer. There's just no separating the two. It's impossible to separate him from me. And he is love, right? God is love. Yeah. And Paul even talked about it. I'm determined. I found nothing. Height, depth, principality, power, things present, things to come. Nothing can separate me from the what? Right? Who God is love. So it's ins- I, there can't be any separation in that. So how about we just stop thinking about if it'll offend and if it won't. How about we just start walking in it? Yeah. Yeah. A few of you. <laughs> John chapter 11. <laughs> John chapter 11. I'm going to take a few verses out of this one right here. This is important for us too. I'm going to tag this on to what we're doing here. Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany. The town of Mary. Sorry. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus, Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister, Martha. 
It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. And when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified through it. How about we start taking obstacles like that and looking at them from that perspective? Verse 6, so when he heard that he was six, he stayed two more days in a place where he was. <laughs> what? What, Jesus, I need you. I need you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to hang out here a couple more days. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. Come on, that's a good one right there. I could unpack that for a long time. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because of the light is not in him. Well, that's different for us now, right? He says here, verse 11, Our friend Lazarus sleeps. Jump down to verse 14. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that he was not there that you may believe. In other words, sometimes our belief needs something to die before we can actually see it come to life and begin to believe and go, oh, okay, now I'm catching more of the depths of what you're talking about. So look over at verse 25. This is the one I really wanted to come to. Verse 24, sorry. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day because Jesus is saying, don't you know? It's like, How many times do we reduce the capability of God down to theology tests? Oh, I know he'll rise again in the last day. I know that. And then Jesus responds. I love this. He says, I will be the resurrection and the life. No. No. Oh, okay. Just want to make sure you're awake here. I am the resurrection and the life. He doesn't say I will be. This is before his death. And he's already saying, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Look down at verse 30. Now the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. I'm sorry, I need to take you to 20. John 20, my bad. John 20, then verse 30. Because that's a good passage, but that's not what I want. John 20, verse 30. says this, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. It would do us good. Just take the book of John sometime. Just go through the book of John and find every place where you see the word believe. Every place, and I've looked at it, and I've found that every time you see the word believe, it has to do with revealing the Father and anchoring or igniting a passion for him. Every place. Every time. Believe. Believe. Faith in our hearts is, is our heart's response to him believing, to, to him being who he claims to be. I'm having a hard time with that. Faith is our heart's response to him being who he claims to be. In other words, he's the most liberating and fulfilling thing ever. And I believe that God wants to bring abundant resurrection life in this room today. Anybody want to be a part of it? Okay, here's what we're going to do.
I'm going to start with relationships, whether it's broken relationships, okay? It could be in the spouse, could be in siblings, it could be in extended family. I'm going to ask you to be a part of this thing, and it may make you a little uncomfortable, but again, I always say I'm not interested in your comfort, I'm interested in our growth. If anybody's got that going on, relationship breaks, go ahead and stand up. Stand up right where you are. Of course there are. Okay, people right next to you, just put your hands on them. Gather around them, stand up if you have to. Put your hands on them right now and just begin to declare resurrection life. Resurrection life. That relationships now get injected with the reality of heaven and the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. So this goes beyond just what we think. This is God entering into right now. And those of you who are getting prayed for, you just simply agree, agree with it. Say, God, I'm agreeing that resurrection power comes into the relationship that's dead. It come into it. Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray you begin to speak in your wonderful, sweet, wonderful way that you would begin to speak and give words that bring life. So that now, their life, when they get around these broken relationships, when they get around that, they begin to speak the words of life. And that power be released in it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, amen. All right, you can be seated. Come on, guys. This is not just exercises we're doing here. We're going to hear testimonies about this. All right. Financial stuff. Even if it's self-inflicted. Because we got financial problems oftentimes that aren't the devil. It's just self-inflicted stuff, Right? But let me just, let me submit this to you. I know what it's like to get in financial trouble when it's self-inflicted. And you guys know what I mean by that, right? Just a bad case of stupid comes over you and you go and buy something you shouldn't buy. Just keeping it real, man. Here's the thing. You're not going to be able to work your way out of by doing some kind of spiritual gymnastics into a place of right standing with God. So how about we just acknowledge, hey, I messed up here. God, I need breakthrough. Okay? Even if it's not self-inflicted and something happens, some kind of like unexpected expenses have hit you and it's just blown you out of the water financially. Okay? If that's you, stand up. All right. Do the same thing. Just everybody around. Put hands on them. Okay, now just begin to declare a financial release. Right now, I declare and I speak over you financial release right now, self-inflicted or not. Right now, I pray for divine wisdom from above. Divine wisdom from above that would come into the financial situation right here and bring the resources of heaven, which means all of its wisdom and all of its money, whatever it is, resources of heaven, all of it be deposited right now so that we see an end to financial debt we see an end to bondage financial bondage we see an end to it in Jesus name regardless of where it came from now I want you to listen those who are getting prayed for I want you to listen right now and just simply say Holy Spirit show me what I need to see yeah yeah good 
That's good. Yeah. And if you've been stupid, just say, God, I don't want to be stupid anymore. You can't speak to it. You can't speak to it. And you can just say, spirit is stupid. Leave me. (laughs) That's right. No more of that. Okay, Lord, I pray in place of that, that you would give, Lord, a heart that knows how to give. That knows how to see beyond their own circumstances. That knows how to see you in the reality of heaven and what you offer. Guys, this isn't for self-gratification here. This is for the release of the kingdom. Because financial stuff is a big part of the kingdom of God. It's a big part of it. It's not about getting. It's about releasing the kingdom. Releasing the kingdom. So, Father, I pray just by the power of your spirit, that wisdom, discernment, understanding, and experience would enter their life as they experience the release of the kingdom of heaven concerning their finances. All the wisdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good. All right. That feel good? Good. Just keeping it real. All right. All right. Now let's do this. This one's always fun to me. Let's do healing. Right? If Romans 8 says, if that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead... What did that spirit do? Raise Jesus from the dead. If that same spirit dwells in you, it'll mess with your mortal body. And we already invited Jesus in this morning to mess with us. All right? So how many have healing, stuff that you need healing in your body? I don't care how small it is. I got stuff I need healing from. Okay, stand up. Right here. Good. Everybody around, just put hands on them. And if it's, yeah, it, here's how the kingdom of God works. If you don't have anybody around you and you need healing in your body, um, either you go stand next to them or you just put your hand on somebody, go find somebody and put your hand on them. Because often in receiving, it happens with our giving. Does that make sense? All right. So now body of Christ, this is how we work, just begins to declare resurrection power, resurrection power, resurrection power, resurrection power. Resurrection power. Right now. Right now. Right now. I'm seeing pictures of stuff. I'm seeing right now cancer dying. Tumors are shriveling. Come on. Say it with me. Yeah. Resurrection power. They're dying. They're leaving. They're coming under the greater influence of heaven, superseding the lesser influence of this earth. Yes, complete healing right now. Okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. These keep coming to mind, so we're just going to call them out. And if you hear one, you call it out too, and you just say it. Um, Diabetes. Right now. Right now. Speak directly to the body. Say, be healed. Resurrection power. Right now. Somebody in here is about to go into surgery? Anyone? No? Did somebody just come out of surgery for something? Minor? No? 
A little bit right there? Okay. Right over there? Okay. Going or coming? <laughs> okay. All right. Just, yeah, put hands on them too if you're not, somebody's not already. And just declare right now complete wholeness. Complete wholeness. Thank you, God, for what doctors can do, but you're the great physician. So we declare a great, just a complete wholeness in Jesus' name. All right? Come on, just stay here a minute. We're going we're gonna to make sure we get all this stuff. Resurrection power right now just shoots through everything. Shoots through everything. Guys, I'm feeling my back become strong as I'm praying. I feel it. Okay? Yeah, right on. Right on. Just hang out here a little bit longer. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yeah. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Come on, what a better way to celebrate the resurrection than watch it flow through people. Come on, do you believe that? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, okay. Now, begin to pray for hope restored, that biblical hope, that joyful anticipation of good. Okay? Yeah. Right. Okay, good. Hope restored. Hope restored. Hope restored. Biblical hope restored. Right now. So right now, everything's shifting. You're, you're right now in your heart and your mind. Everything's beginning to shift. Just give way to it. Let it happen. Let it happen. It feels like you've got to let go of something that you really need to hold on to, and you don't. Just go ahead and let it go. When you're, you're worried about your future, you're worried about what's going to happen. Right now, all of that gets pushed aside and say, God, I embrace hope. I embrace hope. I want my heart to look at you with the joyful anticipation of good. That there's good gifts that I, you just have sitting there waiting for me to open. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's really good. That's really good. Okay, good. All right, let's be done with that for a minute. Does anybody feel anything happening in their physical body first before we move anywhere? Anything? I just feel happier. Good. There's the joy. Good. Wonderful. Right there? Something changed back here? John? Can't see in the light. Your leg? Somebody? Yeah, right on. Come on. Yeah. Okay, we're going to do one last one here. And this one's important. This one's really, really important. Because if we as a people don't have any idea on what our destiny is in Him, then we wander. So, right now, if you feel like you don't have or you've lost your destiny, your calling, 
If you feel like you forfeited it, come on, that's a good one. That was the word of God right there. If you feel like you forfeited it, then I want you to stand up. Good. Thank you, dear. <laughs> I love this. We got some freedom about to happen here right now. Okay? This is good. All right. First of all, I'm going to declare the word of the Lord to you that you can't forfeit what he's put on you. Because Romans says that the callings and giftings of God, they're irrevocable. They're without repentance, meaning he doesn't change his mind. Okay? All right. This is really good. Okay. Some of you, come on, we're going to get really real here. Some of you guys in this room are dealing with pornography. And you feel like you forfeited. It's not true. It's not true. It's absolutely not true. Let's just get clean and let's move on. Jesus says, you are clean because of the word that I speak to you. You're already clean. Okay? All right? Come on, let's get really real here. I'm talking about destinies and callings that feel like you've been, they've been forfeited because of what you've done. And I'm telling you right now, and I'm declaring the word of the Lord, they're not forfeited at all. As a matter of fact, I pray that he bring them right back to the surface, right back to the front of your memory, and that you would settle it right now. Whatever the word of the Lord is that he's spoken to you about you, your destiny, and your calling, that right now it come right back to the front of your memory, and that you hold on to it. Now, everybody who's standing getting prayed for, I want you to voice this with me. I am who he says I am. And he is who he says he is. Do that again. I am who he says I am. And he is who he says he is. Okay. So this gets settled right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just speak right now to every addictive place in every life. Everybody stand up with me here for a minute. Because everybody's getting on this one. We're going to lose this. We're going to lose all of this stuff right now. Man, I can feel this. This is good. If you can't feel it right now or if you can't see it, use my eyes. If you can't feel it, come touch me for a second. Right now, I'm declaring that every addiction right now in the name of Jesus is broken. It's broken. It's broken. Every one of them is broken. It's broken by the power of Jesus Christ. Now I pray and I speak this and declare that your mind accepts the truth and line up with the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. He has set you free. Hello? He has set you free. Good. Thank you. He has set you free. Okay, Lord, right now, I want you everybody to think of that thing that messes with you. Say, you devil. <laughs> you demonic thought. You lie. You come from the father of lies. And that lie about me, say it, has been nailed to the cross. And I accept freedom and wholeness and life and future and destiny and hope, and calling, they're all mine. I'm so greedy, I'll take anybody who doesn't want, anybody who doesn't want theirs. 
Oh, this is good. This is good. Right now. Eating disorders. Come on. Eating disorders. Whatever they may be. Right now. Break. The strongholds in the mind. So I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that the light of the gospel would shine on your minds and feel the release. I pray you feel it in your body. No more. No more of that. No more getting ripped off. (laughs) Now say this with me, everybody. I believe believe. in the resurrection. And the power of the resurrection. resurrection. And that it's for me. me. And that I can live in it. And I can can walk in it. And And never go back back. to the lie. lie. In Jesus' name. name. Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. All right. All right. Real quick. Yes, real quick. Here you go. Uh, I want to say something to everybody who felt like they had an addiction broken off today. Um, my husband um, smoked cigarettes for over 30 years. And um, one day during our service, he was delivered from cigarette smoking. Um, and, but he kept smoking. <laughs> and so one day in desperation, he just said, God, I thought you healed. I thought I was delivered of this. And he said, you were. And he said, well, why am I smoking? He said, you'll quit when you want to. So you've got to walk out your deliverance. Yeah. You can't just sit back and keep, keep doing whatever it is and expect that God's going to yeah. take that away. You have to walk and stand in your deliverance yeah. today and carry yeah. it forward. That's a good word right there. That's good. <clears throat> Last thing. Right along those lines right there. Romans 13 says that we put on Christ... And we make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Okay? That put on Christ literally means to be clothed with. What did I tell you earlier? I'm sowing him. He's sowing me. I'm clothed in righteousness. I'm clothed in the one that has righteousness written on his thigh. I'm clothed in him. So, I put on Christ. And I make no provision for the flesh. And I don't fulfill its lust anymore. Hello? Amen. So that be with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. That's good. Good stuff. Resurrection power, right? Now here's what you get to do. Take it out there. You don't just pray for people in church to be healed. Do it wherever you are. And then come back and tell us all about it. And then we all get encouraged and our faith builds and we're just going after it. And pretty soon we're going to have like every person in here out healing people coming here and being like, this is happening, this is crazy, this is awesome. And then other people are going to hear about it, and it just keeps going. And heaven is released on earth. It's awesome. So let's